So for what it's worth, I don't normally care that much about everything that is said on social media, but we use it as an outlet to obtain information and we're at Fast Lane Ed Lane, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram for your shameless plug to start off this Friday afternoon edition of the show. But there are certain things that are noticeable on social media. None more comical for me than the fact that hashtag NBA Twitter is like this echo chamber of, in a lot of cases, less than well-informed opinions on certain situations. People rallying behind the popular opinion du jour. There's not a lot of outside-the-box thinking for that. I know, shocking that social media could ever be a spot where people just turn it into an echo chamber, as the phrase goes, as opposed to thinking uniquely. And if you dare to think uniquely, it's gearing up and ganging up on people like that because you're not with the crowd. I mean, it's kind of comical in a sense. But the reason for bringing this up is a couple fold in lieu of the NBA draft last night. One of the thoughts is this. So Adrian Wojnarowski doubled down on Brandon Miller being the second pick. Everyone knew it was going to be Victor Wibanyama, the French sensation, seven foot three or whatever he is, to the San Antonio Spurs. And then, sorry, seven foot five to the San Antonio Spurs. We, we all knew that was going to happen. By the way, for, for kicks and giggles here, if you wanted to win $1 on Victor Wibanyama to be the top pick in the draft You had to bet week, a lot of money. $750 to win a dollar. $1. Yep. That is like basically like my entire bankroll when it comes to this type of thing. Um, now, granted, some of it's tied up in college and pro football stuff going forward and a little bit of NASCAR and tennis, too. So, you know, those are kind of the four things I've kind of fine-tuned my focal point, if you will, in terms of areas of focus. I wouldn't call it expertise, but focus and entertainment to at least have a marginal chance to not embarrass myself. So there's that part to it. But there's this other other aspect as well. We made fun of it about a year ago, year and change, when Adrian Wojnarowski was talking about crowd behavior at sporting events and blaming sports betting never mind that like he was talking about a celtics game where granted culturally sports betting is a big thing in the northeast even though at the time it was not technically legal in boston massachusetts so people for the most part unless you went offshore could not log into their app of choice place a bet during the game and then berate the players like the ill-informed adrian wojnarowski could bring up last year was not his banner year well i know hashtag nba twitter Come at me for that one. He also was wrong about Paulo Boncaro going number one. Thought it was going to be Jabari Smith all the way. It turned out to be Boncaro. Last year, victory for Shams, Sharania. This year, it's the opposite side of things. And it does beg an interesting question because they're two big NBA insiders. Shams Sharania of The Athletic and Stadium and then Adrian Wojnarowski. One with ESPN, kind of like Adam Schefter. You might be the only human being that has said their full name this many times in a row. I, I might be, because everyone in NBA Twitter, hashtag NBA Twitter, Woj, hashtag Shams. Like, okay, I, I get it. We don't really know e- Even his people. own network just calls him Woj after the first time. But they at least know him, so like I can understand that. The, the comical part is people that don't know him are also applying a nickname I, to I'm him. also understanding my, my skill set, and I'm just going to say Woj and Shams, because I like to hit base. I mean, sometimes you just got to get up and hit base hits, and that's what I'm going to do right now. You're taking what the pitcher gives you. Yep. To use an analogy for the foul they ball, they have area nicknames. Podcast. They have nicknames. We can you can use them. Well, I, I, in their defense, I'll say this: for your average person, it's a lot easier to say Woj and Shams than their full name. It's not like Bob Smith 
and John Doe. Like, it's not like Ed Lane. Or Trey Lyle. I mean, my full name is a little more harder, but we don't have to say that one on the air. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's a little bit not more harder. It's a yours little is, harder. Yours is, a, yours is still easy. Relatively, yes, of course. Uh, Ed Lane. Uh, by the way, it is comical when people put the Y in there. Why make the work harder on yourself than you have to? But, but the reason for bringing it up is... Woj yesterday was right. He was 100% spot on. Brandon Miller, two from Alabama to the Charlotte Hornets. Laugh all you want about the Hornets' discipline issues and a guy that had some discipline concerns at Alabama. How valid they were, that's up for debate. But he goes to Charlotte. Woj doubling down, even in one of his tweets yesterday. And people think it was coming after Shams Charania. Some people think it was just coming after the fact that he was wrong last year and wanted to reemphasize that he is a very premier NBA insider, and he is. I the mean, look, premier. Well, I mean, look, they're two. It's like the NFL. The NFL, you've got two. Yes, there's Lock and Four of CBS, and there's Glazer of Fox, but the NFL, it's Rappaport for the NFL Network and Adam Schefter for ESPN. NBA, there's two. There's Shams, Charania, the Athletic and Stadium, and there's Adrian Wojnarowski of ESPN. I mean, they, they go hand-in-hand in, hand in terms of their insight and expertise and breaking that particular information. College football, shockingly, is a little more fractured because, well, isn't everything in college sports. But the reason for also putting that in context is this. There's this level of defense for people in that spot. The reality is nobody's going to bat 1,000. Now, people expect those insiders to always bat 1,000, and it's a lot harder when they make a mistake here and there. Adam Schefter is not perfect. He breaks the most stories, followed by Ian Rappaport. I guess you could put Tom Pelissero, the colleague of NFL Network of Rappaport, uh, in that grouping as well. But for the most part, you kind of know what the hierarchy is. It cracks me up because, I mean, here's the reality. The agent or the team executive is going to feed the information, for the most part, to any insider that's out there. And then within seconds of each other, they're going to break the news. I don't care who broke it first. By the time one breaks it, the other's going to break it and confirm it. Then there are going to be three other media members nationally and a host of other local media members who are all going to say their sources have confirmed this information. Like, it kind of is what it is. I mean, there's not much original thinking going into that. So it's not like I get worked up over it. But that was one of the comical parts to the NBA draft last night. Because let's be honest, most of these players are drafted on potential and upside. In fact, the best college players who stuck around longer than they should have Terquavian Smith for NC State goes undrafted. Oscar Sheway at Kentucky and Drew Timmy at Gonzaga go undrafted. Great tweet earlier today from Brett Friedlander, friend of ours for SaturdayRoad.com, about how Terquavian Smith, people praised him last year for sticking around, but in reality, it probably turned out to be the worst decision he could have made. Well, sadly, that's the case. Because the longer you stick around in college, the more they look at you as a finished product. And therefore... See what your limitations are, and that punishes you in an NBA draft where it's all about long-term projection and upside. Like, the imagination of what a player can be creates this tantalizing effect that we have to get this guy. And okay, I get it for a guy like Victor Webinyama in in terms of his skill set. Having seen a little bit of Scoot Henderson and much more of Brandon Miller because I saw quite a bit of his games against Alabama or at Alabama this past year, including when they absolutely annihilated Liberty University in the early portion of the season, you could tell their guys that if their heads are screwed on straight, and for Webb and Yama and Scoot, the answer seems to be yes. For Miller, it's more up in the air. Not like he's going to a great culture in Charlotte either. But 
for those three, if their heads are on straight and the injury bug doesn't get them, they'll be great players. But after that, aren't they all kind of the same draft picks? Like, we're all drafting guys that are great 3 and D players that if they can only harness their offensive abilities and continue to improve on defense and add some muscle mass and develop their overall profile, they'll be great. I mean, literally, you can copy and paste that description for a lot of players. Or at least that's what you would believe from the coverage that came out of this event last night. Because I watch a little bit of it, flip back and forth, watching some of that. Certainly listening to the College World Series on CBS Sports Radio Lynchburg app, which, I mean, God, what a gut-wrenching loss for Wake Forest last night. They may never get back here again. That's the Great that's baseball game. Phenomenal baseball game. They may never get back here again, whereas even if LSU and Florida don't, they both got recent championships that they've won in football and in Florida's case basketball within the last 15, 20 years. Wake Forest has none of that. That's why it has to sting if you're a Wake fan. And it kind of goes back to like when Virginia beat Texas Tech in the Final Four or in the championship game, Virginia got theirs. And they've gotten them in baseball and lacrosse. And you may not get there every year, but when you're there, you seize the opportunity. And I do think the pressure is greater on those programs that don't have that success. And Wake Forest, I mean, they they pitched lights out last night. But in the 11th inning, they give up the two-run homer and they lose and their season's done. Well, in between watching that and a little bit of the NBA draft, for the most part, I'm following the draft on social media. And on apps. Because, I mean, look, I love Jay Billis as a college basketball analyst. And we are grateful that he has been a guest of ours multiple times in the fast lane. And are appreciative. Um, But I'd like to see him complimented, maybe not with a J.J. Reddick guy who is an evolving NBA analyst. Or maybe have one of the two of those particular figures. And I'm not saying this because of the Duke connection. But I'd love to have a former GM, like a Bobby Marks, that's up there providing insight. Maybe Myers, who was just out in San, in San Francisco with Golden State, just ended his tenure there. Give him a trial run. See if this is something he wants to do. See what insight he can provide. There are other former executives. And the NBA analyst, I mean, I get how ESPN often presents the product where it's very hot takey and it's very pro player and you don't get any real insight into what ownership and management is thinking. It's, it's very one-sided and slanted. Political tirade here for five seconds here. It's kind of left-leaning in that sense. Um, And and again, I'm all for that perspective on a broadcast. I want some of that. I just want a little bit of the other side so that I can know what a team is thinking. Why do we have all these trades taking place? Somebody could have explained this, but I finally figured it out. Why do we have this issue where you get drafted by a team? You're never going to play there. We know you're going to get traded. But because the trade can't be made official until the new league year in a couple of weeks... You have to wear the hat for the franchise that you're never actually going to be playing for unless you decide to sign there well into your tenure. I mean, what the hell are we doing here? It's a ridiculously bad presentation. And oh, by the way, the comical part of this. I know. Comment me, hashtag NBA Twitter, and your defense of all things NBA. You can't say anything bad about it unless it makes sense here, which is hopefully what we're doing in the fast lane. Plenty of NBA Twitter says bad things about the NBA. I don't know what. Have you been on NBA Twitter a lot? I have not been on it recently, and maybe I intentionally dodged it because of the draft. I will add. So, so I, to I, be transparent, yes. I kind of like I like that the hats thing because if it, if the trade blows up in their face, it's like well, this is what he would look like as a plank, and you have the photo of him. Like to me, I think the best example, a good example, is the Luka Doncic Trey Young trade, where some people have said it's fair. I personally don't because um, I know Trey Young has led them to the Eastern Conference Finals, but he is no Luka Doncic, who's a what top five player in the league. Top, I, I would agree top with you. Top three, on that. and Trey Young is 
Trey Young is more of a complimentary piece than Luka. Do- uh, I don't know if he's a, tra- a complimentary piece. I think but he's a. you're not a, building your franchise around him with the idea that he can carry. I you think a he's he's a player in which has to play a certain style, and I don't think is winning basketball. So, so no, no, but but, but that but, but, photo on, of them with the two on, different hats is hilarious. Hold on just a second. Tell me if I'm wrong. Luka Doncic can play pretty much any style, and you have a legitimate chance to win a championship. Trey Young has to be utilized a certain way, and even then, you probably need some complimentary pieces around him to win a championship. The Hawks have a good roster and barely made the play-in, and Trey Young is their focal point. Let's just put it that way. Go look at the Hawks roster. It actually is pretty good, and they were the seventh seed in the NBA. I know, and we cannot, in the East. All, be, we cannot all be your Miami Heat, Trey, but... And they beat the Heat in the play-in. <laughs> <laughs> they did, ironically. Just show how crazy this postseason was. It, it was, and, and it was very entertaining. But the other part of the NBA draft coverage that gets me, because I shifted most of, most of my focus over to, to keeping up on social media and on apps with the game, with the NBA draft picks. But, I mean, what are we doing in terms of grades? 14 of the first-round picks were given an A-, minus, an A, or an A+. Plus. Okay, I get Victor Webinyama. That guy's got to be an A+, plus, right? I mean, common sense would obviously say that's the case. But anyone else, what what are we doing here? I mean, that? And of the first six picks, in a league where it's all based on projections, and if history is any indication, it's hard to nail these things down outright. In any draft, much less the NBA, where it's all projection-based, it's not, hey, this guy fits our scheme, plus the talent, plus the productivity, because a lot of these guys played little to no college ball, or if they're in the G League, you know, it's kind of glorified AAU basketball they're all getting A's and A-pluses for these picks? I mean, I'd rather you do what certain outlets did, and I get on ESPN a lot, but I give them credit in this. Their analysis was not great. It was, how does X player fit with Y team? Or what could they see in this player, and how should they develop him? That tells me something I didn't know. Makes me a more informed fan. It is entertaining because I can actually learn something, and it's not just another embrace debate style of content. And that is one of the cool things that happened from the draft uh, but it wasn't as much. There are so many ways to improve the quality of the product when it comes to the draft. Just like there's so many ways to improve your cooking experience. And the easiest one is to get the right grill. Because when you go to Overstreet Ace Hardware, you can choose from Traeger, Kamado Joe, Weber, maybe Green Egg. Whatever tickles your fancy, you can choose it. And you don't have to worry about the assembly. Because when you buy a grill from Overstreet Ace Hardware, Lakeside Drive in Lynchburg, and 221 in Forest, either location, your grill purchase comes with free assembly so that you get it, they help assemble it, and then you're ready to rock and roll and start having the meals that you deserve and getting the maximum experience, making those ingredients work for you. Unlike the NBA draft, where oftentimes you have no clue if the ingredients are actually going to work for you because the analysts don't inform you whether that's truly the case or not. Oh, you know you're informed with Overstreet Ace Hardware because they know about the grills and can help you enjoy them the best. Overstreet Ace Hardware, 221 in Lynchburg, excuse me, 221 in Forest, and Lakeside Drive in Lynchburg. Now, a little time to get into some what he said and what he meant before WSET's Dave Walls joins us around 525 
today here in the fast lane. Nothing beats an insightful press conference. Uh, I think I realized we got a long way to go. You know, uh, we definitely did some good things and we did some things that we, we want to take back. We left some yards and some points out there on the field. But for the first time coming out uh, and to get a dub is really a blessing. And we were just happy to have that. That's why you need so-called experts to decipher what's really being said. It's nothing about the past, nothing about the future. It's right now we're preparing for Cincinnati. It's time for what he said and what he meant. True insight into all the cliches and coach speak. So the new president of the NCAA is Charlie Baker. And he recently went and spoke in front of Congress because we all know that that's what they need to be doing with their time. Finding a way to solve all of the issues that pop up in the world of sports. Not bigger, larger, national or global issues that really impact most of us. But alas, he spoke. So let's address and dissect a little bit of what came out of his mouth when he spoke to a number of stakeholders after Congre- in, at Congress and at the NACDA Stakeholders Annual Convention in Orlando, um, saying he, quote, has not met an athlete that wants to be designated an employee, end quote. So what he's saying is this, Charlie Baker the president of the NCAA, saying he has not met an athlete that wants to be designated an employee. Would you? Once you get designated an employee, it's even easier to do what Colorado's already trying to do with Deion Sanders. Because at that point, there's no public backlash. You're an employee. You don't perform. You move on from somebody. Granted, schools like Colorado and Coach Prime can do that. But there is at least a level of backlash that prevents people from going that route. Plus, if players get designated as employee and they're not mentally ready for it, it's a lot harder to actually enjoy the perks of being an athlete, especially in certain spots where, and I don't think this is the wise, the wisest financial approach, and it's proven out to be the case at certain spots, but the idea that everyone on the roster gets a certain amount of money just being there, and then based on where you are on the depth chart and performance and other things, you might actually get more money. All of a sudden, that can change if you're an employee. So yeah, I'm pretty sure a lot of athletes don't want to be designated as employees. More what he said and what he meant from NCAA President Charlie Baker and specifically what was said at the NACDA Stakeholders Annual Convention in Orlando a week or so ago, saying that he is committed to creating a common NIL contract that looks the same for each athlete that does a real that does a deal noting transparency is fundamental to the operation of NIL and describing a new roadmap for the NCAA. He expects the blueprint to be completed by this summer. Okay, here's the deal. If you're going to use the word contract, I mean, again, I am no legal expert, but I did, and nor did I stay at a chain hotel last night, but I'd like to apply a little common sense here and say that it just seems like if you invoke any kind of contract and there's a legal agreement that goes into that, is the only real way to enforce something like that making somebody an employee? Like, how are you going to do this? Uh, Once again, this seems to be the classic case of grandstanding by leaders of an organization. We're taking steps. We're trying to advocate for this. We want to show that we can have these issues and putting our best foot forward. And since we can't, we need Congress's help. I mean, we've seen what happens when you try to get political figures involved in NCAA business. It hadn't exactly worked out very well. Look at the Supreme Court decision that was not five to four in favor or against the idea of players profiting off name, image, and likeness and condemning the old NCAA structure, basically saying that it would not hold up in any kind of business practice. None of that. So you've got that particular angle to it. it. To me, you can beg all you want for political intervention, 
But to me, it's just delaying the inevitable when it comes to college sports, which is finding a viable plan. But this isn't a shock because the NCAA has buried their head in the sand for years, as opposed to being the grown-ups in the room. They become the people in charge and with power who are focused on doing what plenty of people in those spots do, which is protecting their power and access to money, not actually leading, even if it means, in some cases, making certain members of that organization more obsolete. I mean, it's the classic union principle where oftentimes I think when unions are started, it's great. Improved working conditions, better wages, better things that are necessary. But sometimes the issues get resolved and then you're just trying to find a way to stay viable and you don't want to say that you're becoming obsolete. So you come up with more things to do. Well, here's another part. NCAA President Charlie Baker telling Sports Illustrated that he agrees the IRS ruling that donations to nonprofit NIL collectives should not be tax deductible and has re-emphasized the NCAA plans to create more strict NIL rules if congressional action fails. Hadn't the ship left the yard on this? Hasn't the ship sailed when it comes to this? In terms of actually creating more strict name, image, and likeness rules. I mean, what are you going to do? Tell the SEC and the Big Ten they can't go about doing that? Tell schools like Miami or Southern Cal or others that are not in those conferences, Southern Cal's about to be, but Miami, Florida State, or Clemson that may have NIL agreements for players certainly florida state and miami there's a lot of uh evidence you could say circumstantial evidence that they've gone about this that you're going to put any nil rules at that point i mean the sec may not want to but we've seen the big 10 saying basically they've sniffed around on expanding and adding those two schools well off to the big 10 you go if you're miami and florida state clemson would probably look to go there if the sec doesn't want them as well and there'll be some other schools that'll go into that grouping too And then the NCAA can put all those NIL rules in place and it doesn't really matter. And the other conferences, they just break away and do their own thing. I mean, we can see where this is going. You know, Charlie Baker's been tasked with an unenviable position, but let's also be real here. He took the job to be the NCAA president. And, you know, maybe in his case, it's similar to like Vanderbilt and the SEC or Virginia, if they were ever to go to the SEC or the Big Ten in football, which is you take the checks and you take the L's. West Virginia and the Big 12 to a certain extent as well. I mean, that's really what this is. What he says is a lot different from what he means, which is I'm paid to advocate for the schools and what their best interests are, so I'm going to continue to fight and do that. And as long as I get a chance to keep collecting checks, I'll do that as well. When we return in the fast lane, WSET's Dave Balls, local sports angles, Commonwealth Games coming up, high school sports season wrapping up, and he might be in the car with a weatherman who may need to incorporate this soundbite that we'll share with them next into their weather forecasts. All of this here in the fast lane on the CBS Sports Radio Lynchburg app and the Virginia Talk Radio Network. 